Possession crucial from this. How much longer will the referee allow? Dublin lead by a point. And there's the whistle. It's over. It's over. We earned it by winning the last two matches on the road, and that's not going to be taken away from us. What I love in Hurland, I love players that will never give in. He hits it. He hits it. It's over the bar. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome along to our latest episode of the RTGA podcast. We're going to chat football with Eamon Fitzmaurice and Lee Keegan very shortly. But joining myself and Rory to chat through all the hurling is Shane McGrath, a happy man after watching Tip get through by the uh, skin of their teeth yesterday. Yeah. Uh, but also you were watching Limerick Cork. What a cracker. Like it just came across on TV, Shane, like it was an unbelievable occasion. What was it like being there? Yeah, it was unbelievable, Jackie. It was. Um, like, as I was saying, it- it was close to a Munster final, I suppose, if you forget, as regards the crowd that was there. The pitch was absolutely in immaculate condition. Um, just the atmosphere that was there. There was people, I, I was there early because I wasn't sure what the traffic was going to be like and everything around the Gaelic grounds. I was there maybe around the 1.30 mark. Now, that's, that's early for a 4pm game. That's not a Munster final or a final, as you both know. But there was people going into the terrace at half one. Like They were just going in to get the best vantage point. I don't think there was a spot to be got around the place. I couldn't see how you want to fit much more in. But it had everything. And then you're hoping for this game that's going to live up to it. And we got that and more. It, it was just, it was just, it was brilliant now to be there. Obviously, I'd love to be in Turles to watch Tiff, but maybe in hindsight, maybe as well off I wasn't. Because, uh, <laughs> but, uh, look, it was, it was unbelievable, Jackie. Like, I suppose, look, if I could sum it up, uh, you both know Marty very well, Marty Marcy. I was on four times with Marty yesterday. And to tell you the intensity that was on the pitch, I actually thought Marty was going to nearly have was nearly going to drop down beside me from exhaustion, just commentating on the game. And me the same, like, you know, just the hits that were going in. There was a phase of play, particularly in the first half. The ball was in play for maybe for maybe maybe a minute, a minute and twenty seconds, which mightn't seem like a lot, but like the average time the ball is in play would be around the thirty second mark. And just the hits were going in, the mistakes that were making. And let's if I could sum it up, right? The, the best thing about yesterday for me with the Limerick and Cork game, right, and this might sound ridiculous, was all the mistakes that were made. Mm. The mistakes that were made helped create the excitement. It also helped show the human side of these lads. I think we're, we, we, we put them up so high, lads, you know, inter-county players, hurling football, camogie, ladies football, that, we, that when they do make a mistake, we're like nearly taken aback. But the mistakes that were made yesterday by, you know, Limerick lads and Cork lads, it showed, first of all, for me, the pressure that was on everybody there yesterday. First big knockout game of the year. And secondly, it just showed the human side of them too. That, you know, everybody makes mistakes. We'll all make mistakes today in our jobs, lads. But the mistakes actually made the game yesterday. It made the excitement. And lads recovered from mistakes. It had everything. We can, I'm sure we'll talk about the game. Um, but for me, I suppose, what it comes down to, Rory, with your own team is they're, they're in a good place. Mm. It will get better. Will lads walk away or not? I'm not too sure. But it's just the goals, Rory. Like, it's just, I had, um, I just, just kept little ticks on it. I, I, I'd limit down for seven goal chances yesterday. Mm. And they took three of them. And I suppose that's, that's, I suppose, maybe why maybe, Rory, you're not going on in the Munster Championship. That's maybe one of the reasons. Um, there was some controversial decisions, Jackie, I suppose, looking back. If, if I'm being honest, in real time, Looking on from the Cocom's box where we were up in the Mackey stand, we probably felt maybe it was the right calls were made. We thought Damien Callan actually picked the ball off the ground, but clearly he didn't. We actually thought Aaron Galan was being fouled uh, for the penalty, but looking back, he actually had Sean O'Donoghue's hurley held 
and pulled it into him. Did it a couple of times in the match. He actually gave it, there was a free given against him in the first half for doing it. So look, all all them decisions, you know, it's it's fine margins. And what it comes down to is that Cork lost two games and they lost two games by one point each. And I suppose that's that's where we're at in the Munster Championship. Mm. Do you know the funny thing is, Rory, if you look at Cork, right, they lost two games by a point, as Shane says, one in Ennis, one in Limerick, both away from home to the two teams who are going to contest the Munster final potentially could be in an All-Ireland final. Big time, um, potentially. <clears throat> yeah, so, uh, like, I do still think from a Cork point of view, yes, it's incredibly disappointing that they're gone out, but actually those fine margins that Shane talks about, they're not that far away. I think there'll be a lot of people who do feel optimistic this morning in spite of being out in May. Jackie, it's Cork's first time not getting out of the round robin since the round robin came in in 2018. But I would be much more encouraged from what I saw from Cork this year when Cork didn't get out of the round robin than what I saw last year when Cork did. I thought there was an element of lethargy in their play last year at times. They were very, very disappointing in the very on the very first day against Limerick at home, front of a big crowd, got really beaten out the gate. Um, lost to Clare in a I thought Clare were quite comfortable and then turned their season against Waterford and beat Tip, who were kind of at a low ebb. And then obviously left the game. I felt I was very frustrated with the performance against Galway in last year's quarter final because I felt like that, I don't know there was just something missing. What I've seen this year is a totally rejuvenated sense of player, sense of sense of purpose. I think Pat Ryan has them going in the right direction. I think look, there'll be no complaints. Ultimately, they were beaten by the better team yesterday. They lost two matches by a single point. It is cruel, but. They had four games, four high-quality championship matches. They only won one of those against a Waterford team that didn't really fire. So I think ultimately can have no complaints. It is a shame you're not going to get to see them for the rest of the summer. But they didn't really do enough over the course of the four games to warrant progress. And I think all you can do really at this stage is say, well done, good luck to Limerick. And just how immense they were. They were incredible, by the way. And I thought William O'Donnell, even though I did think it was a little bit of a throw for that goal that uh, uh, Cahill O'Neill scored. Because I don't actually know what the rule is there anymore. I don't think anybody does. But what a display William O'Donoghue gave, Jackie. I mean, he was incredible. I know they gave man of the match to Dermot Burns. William O'Donoghue was mine. Yeah, yeah. Look, I, I thought the All-Ireland champion stood up yesterday, Shane. And I even just listened to Dermot Burns talking after the game about outside noise and they weren't listening and, and all that kind of stuff. They clearly were. You know, you, you can tell that the, the beast has been sufficiently poked now. John Kiley has touched on it. The players have touched on it. And they stood up yesterday. They, they got a performance. Their backs were against the wall. I guess my question now is, what does it mean for them now? How much of a boost is it now for them to be in a Munster final that they probably didn't think they were going to be in and now potentially going through the front door on, on road to another All-Ireland? They go for five in a row in Munster as well, Jackie. Like, yeah. It's incredible. Sorry, oh, sorry, Shane. Yeah. It's unbelievable. It's like, yeah. And I suppose I would have been like, Jackie, I put my hands up like, and I say, like, I actually thought Cork were going to do it yesterday. I thought mm. what it was going to take out of Limerick for what they had to do. In the tip match, I thought, look, can they go again? Like, always asking the same, same really 15 or 16 guys, like, to, to do it week in, week out. And, like, I, I, it was just, a, it was just a performance for the ages for them, I suppose. Look, how could I sum it up, Jackie? If you ever watch at the end of a match, like, and you see management teams and some victories mean more than others, right? And in the course of, like, great teams, and it, it could be a small victory in Premier League stuff, it could be, getting an away win on a Tuesday night, 1-0 or something like that, when you know your back's against the wall and you have to do it. Like, yesterday at full-time, Jackie, I, I, barring all-earned a final win, 
I've never seen John Kiley and Paul Knurk embrace each other like they did yesterday. Normally, you now these guys, and look, they'll go down as what they've done for Limerick Hurling and what they have done in their personal managerial and coaching careers will be looked on and people will ask them when they step away from it, say, what did you actually do because of what they've done? But they embraced yesterday like because they knew this was a, a massive day for them and for the group. And like Jamie Burns' interview, I totally understand the emotion where he's coming from, I suppose. You know, while they say they're not listening to the outside night, it's only human. Like, they, yeah. they, they have families, they have friends, they go down to the shop, they have to go here and there, and someone's going to say something to them. So they had a big point to prove, I suppose, to themselves as well yesterday that, look, we're not done here. Like, And I think that's that was the emotion we got yesterday when Kylie and Knurk embraced at the end of the game. They were like, look, we did it. We're still there. You know what? It could be the launch pad for their season now, Jackie. Like, yeah. they'll go in now, they'll play Clare in the Munster final. Like, for me, right, and I, I don't, I, I'll never doubt Limerick again anyway. No way. I, I, I just, I, I can't. And a lot of Limerick people have said it to me. But look, I suppose I'm being honest. Like, I thought Cork were going to do it. They'll go into a Munster final now. But, and I, and I suppose I'd put it like this there's wanting and, and, and needing something, right? And again, maybe putting up to be shot down here. I think Limerick will really want to win the Munster final and do five in a row. But I think Clare need to win this Munster final. I think. The Hurling County, the Hurling people in Clare, the county of Clare, and everybody that supports Clare, they need a victory. They need this Munster final. And I think that's what's going to come down to. And if they don't get it, again, it could be it could be demoralizing for the group that let's say Jackie they go, they give another performance for the ages like they did last year, even more so, and they come away without without that Munster final because that's that's what that's what they're looking at. Like so Limerick will go into it two weeks off. They'll regroup. The buzz, the buzz around the place will be unbelievable. Brian Lohan will be, you know, did they think they were going to play a tip? I'd say they, they probably did, Lance. Let's be totally yeah. honest. Yeah. I'd say they probably were. Everybody did. I'd say they were lining up to say, look, it's going to be ourselves and tip was final. There was a lot of BS as well during the week, uh, lads, about the match. Will Tip and Claire will be on a blown park preve and all this. And geez, I, I, when there was matches to be played, it's just I hate hearing those conversations going on. So, like, Limerick and Claire was the final. Most likely will be Turles, I presume. Um, it'll be an unbelievable atmosphere, but but Clare really have to they have to get this win now. And you know performances around the field, Jackie. If I could touch on it quickly from Limerick, heroes everywhere, right? Dan Morrissey was unbelievable yesterday. Whereas suppose his performance got lost in the one four Dermot Burns scored. Um, William O'Donoghue was immense. Daryl O'Donovan had his best game of the yeah. year yesterday. Yeah. Three points yeah. to play. He destroyed Luke Mead. He did. No, Luke tried hard, but he just wasn't in it. Um, Garrod Hegarty had a brilliant second half. He's coming back into form. Tom Morrissey, two points, two points from play, usually three or four, but the amount of ball he's getting on. And Jeremy Mellorick Horry gave him the run of the field yesterday in the first half. I couldn't believe when I was watching it. And then inside, then their full forward line again. Peter Casey gets his points from play, but the two boys inside again. And between them, they're getting one eight and uh, one six of that from play. They really stood up yesterday. So where they, where I suppose there was a bit of confusion was maybe from around minute 55, 56, where their backs had to change. Mike Casey, he came off because he was on a yellow and a tick. Declan Hannon came off. And there was a little bit of confusion there as in who was going where. And I think Hoggy got the goal in that time. And Cork actually got four scores in a row in that period. They got one three. Cork were going to push on. Again, last six scores of the game, lads, go like this. Limerick, Cork, Limerick, Cork, Limerick, Cork. Mm. They were the last six scores. The game had it all, lads. The game had it all. But look, Doubt Limerick. No, I'll never doubt him again anyway. Yeah. Listen, you won't be the other one. Trust me. There's um, a something, Jackie. There's an incredible documentary to be made 
on this year's Munster Hurling Championship. Yeah, they'd like, never let you in. I'm <laughs> telling you, they'd all be afraid. But even just to recap, I mean, I know how many classics we're after getting, you know, it's just phenomenal. Yeah, it's been class. I'm not sure if Tip Waterford could be described as a classic, Rory. Because <laughs> yeah. it, uh, yeah. like to be yeah. honest, that's the result that surprised people over the weekend. Like you know, you talk about some of the others, whatever. Great win for Wexford and everything, but I don't know. I, I think this one, Waterford, they stunned a lot of people yesterday. Big time, and they have um, definitely resuscitated Davies' managerial career because I'd imagine it was probably hanging by a thread had they gone through uh, if if it was a complete and utter whitewash. So I think. It, Look, there was a lot of talk in advance with Billy Nolan playing and that this was some sort of, you know, managerial masterstroke. I think Billy Nolan is an outfield player anyway, and it's not exactly something new. No, it did obviously throw a tip. I think there was three key injuries to Tipperary players in advance of the game. Uh, did Cahill Barrett not play? And obviously missing Jake Morris. Uh, or Jake Morris didn't start either, did he, yeah. Shane? No. And, 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 and then you're missing, um, you're missing Jason Ford. So I look. I, would the Tipperary sort of expect it to happen for them? Were they a little bit off in so far as they know they were qualified, regardless of what had happened? Or was that no? It could have well, actually. Turned, it could have now, turned up that yeah. Scored, another point they were yeah, gone. Yeah, oh, they were geez, gone. Like, yeah, I wasn't yeah. well. I wasn't well inside yeah. the Gaelic ground. Yeah, you know. So they just it'll just give you an indication of how close it got for them, too, to a certain extent. And I suppose it just goes to show you take your foot off the pedal even a small bit if you're not at the pitch of it, you might get caught. I think it's a big fill up for Watford. I think it'll definitely give them something to sustain themselves now as they head back to the clubs. Because it was a very, very doomsday scenario surrounding the entire Waterford hurling scene. I think that was a massive, massive boost. And I think, by and large, no, I didn't really see much of this, only in the highlights. But did we see a traditional restoration of players into some of the more natural positions that they would ordinarily play and give Tipperary huge problems? And maybe that's a a key learning for Waterford uh, as they head into 2024. Mm. What about tip, Shane? How derailing is something like that for them in terms of going forward? I don't know, Jackie. Like, so my I, my brother was at the game, and like, say we were. I tell you what, people at Tipperary, we were. Ne- I'm never so happy to see Garo Tegarty catch a ball as I oh, was yeah. yesterday. Like, it mm. was it was some play. Like, and you know what? It, it probably was the difference. Like, if, if he doesn't make that, doesn't get that possession, that primary possession, bangs it over the bar. You never know. Like, the ball could break, and it's a free. And sure, look, and I'd say, Jackie, I'll be totally honest now. I'd say the, the cheer that would have been up in the Gaelic grounds so from Lyric and Cork, knowing that they drew and they both not tip out, would have been. Phenomenal. Unbelievable. <laughs> Whatever yeah. about them was the final. But anyway. So look, there'll, be some, there'll be some party in the Gaelic grounds then. Stop, <laughs> like, like, I was just expecting this 40,000. Oh, no, we drew. Oh, yes, we just knocked it out. Unreal. But <laughs> talk to my brother at the game, Jackie, like, and a good chat with him yesterday. He said, like, he, he just said, look, it was it was just a disaster. It was it was like men versus boys yesterday. Like, um. In fairness to Liam Cahill, he can straight out and he says, we are not using tiredness as an excuse here because it's, mm. you can't. When you see what Limerick did, they were playing the same game as we were. Cork and Clare were playing the same game as, 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 as Tip were as well last week. High intensity game, hits, you know, full tilt stuff. So that's not an excuse. I think, right, and I, 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 I could be totally wrong here. I just think the mentality of yesterday, maybe, right, and again, we go to the human side of these players. The mentality for Tip yesterday was, Unless we're getting absolutely hammered, right, and it's a draw inside the Gaelic grounds, we're actually still going to be in the championship. Whereas in the Gaelic grounds, it was absolute do or die. If mm. if you don't win, you're gone, and that's it, basically, right. So maybe that mentality does kind of seep in a small bit, like, and maybe that bit of, to put it mildly, that bit of kind of 
mental toughness isn't there, right? That you that you know if you if you compare the two the two performances, even the Cork performance for Tip and the Limerick performance, where they knew we have to get something out of this. Like yesterday, I suppose maybe Jackie, the feeling around was that they didn't absolutely have to get something out of it, yeah. and maybe that seeped into the performance. Um, you know, like without the boys, without Kyle Barrett, without Jake Morris, without Jake Ford, again, they're excuses. We can't keep using them. Yeah, it's great now that the three weeks is there to get these, try and get these boys back if possible at all. But I mean, like it was a total domination by Watford. Like tactically, even I found it very interesting, even watching it back last night. Their puck outs, like they pushed everybody up to the 45. And that way, like if you're going short in, Watford going short yesterday, lads, they were going short, but they were getting the ball in the 45 yard line. So even if, if Caleb Lyons or someone powered on, he was nearly at midfield by the time he got his head up to look. And that's a high risk, high reward. Like as in high risk, if they get turned over, it's what it's 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 50 yards of space and it's going to be a goal. See see that what happened against Clare even when they got turned over, right? But the high reward from yesterday was Caleb Lyons was was was, was getting on ball, restore Jack Fagan back up to the forwards. You know, yeah. I Jack Fagan, I Jack Fagan down as he had three points from play scored. Inside eleven minutes yesterday, right? Um, it was in a twelve minutes gone. Watford had eleven shots at the goal, okay, and Tip had no shots in play at the goal at that stage. Watford just dominated every sector of the field yesterday. Um, Billy Nolan, like Billy Nolan, does do a lot of the hurling out the field with his club and everything. He was very, very comfortable on the ball. He got his head up, and even the way they deployed him, as I was very interesting. They put him to one side of the pitch, so when Reese Shelley looked up. He had to go the other side. And who was on the other side was Caleb Lyons. And, and he was dominating that sector. So they, they got their tactics spot on. You know, I suppose, as Joe said last night, Jackie, to you, if they lose, Dave is the worst in the world. Yeah. And he, fairness to him, he's taking chances. It worked yesterday. Tipper just just got destroyed yesterday. But look, let's. It's a great stick now for Liam Cahill to beat them. With. And I tell you, if anyone is going to beat them with it, it will be Liam Cahill. Yeah. They will get back in. I'm sure they'll probably even have a chat tonight to say, right, lads. Where are we going from here? I was part of a group, lads, even in, in 2010, like that we got absolutely annihilated down in Parker Creek. We had a massive, we had, we, had, we had a big, you know, honest discussion about what went wrong. We took ownership, the management took ownership, and we got, we got a good run then in the qualifiers, we call it. And I think that's what TIP have to do now. They have to just, you know, look now and say, what went wrong? We've awfully known in a few weeks. Is it a game they're going to expect to win? Of course it is, lads. There's no point in saying that, lads. Both teams are going to expect to beat Carlo and Offaly. That's just the way it is. That's the truth of it. So it'll be it'll be a, 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 a bit of a soul searching now, I suppose, for the next couple of days. But look, I, I think the tip lads will get back on the horse, get the boys back, and I think they'll be they'll be they'll be ready to rock in, in, in a few weeks' time because look, it's all knockout hurling now. And that's yeah. That's, yeah. that's that's what you want, Jackie. Yeah, well, look, looking forward to that. What about Leinster then, Rory? Because I don't know if even after this weekend, we know much about Kilkenny and Galway. It still feels to me like we're scratching the surface again of what they are. I'm just, I'm not, it, it's hard to get a judge on them even now with Galway again yesterday. Um, yeah, they played really well in the second half, but I, th- I think you have to give a huge amount. Like, I, I watched all of this. I was like, I was absolutely fascinated by Dublin's display in the first half. I did feel that they'd struggled to sustain the intensity that they brought in that first half, and that Galway would come back into it now to turn a twelve-point lead around. I mean, <laughs> leads in hurling nowadays, oh, they're yeah. just, they're just so fickle. And like the, it was it was a brilliant display. It was a really really good tactical, um, 
this performance from Michal Donoghue, I think coaching-wise, I never saw a Dublin team whose first touch was as crisp, whose mm-hmm. ball striking was as good, who played for each other with a really good spirit. I thought they were top class right all the way through that first half. But it was going to be difficult for them to sustain. They are a developing team. Galway came back into it. And I think Galway probably got... I I think a draw was definitely a fair result in the end with two teams dominant in either half. But there's huge question marks from Galway. One thing that struck me about Henry was every time the camera panned to him, when they were 11, 10, 11, 12 points down, Henry's not one for panic. Mm. And they didn't. And they just, you know, like you did, you did feel at some stage they were going to get a purple patch. And once I saw Dai Burke scoring goals, I'm saying to myself, well, God, we're definitely getting something out of this match anyway. And um, yeah, it's very, very difficult to make a call on him, especially seeing as what happened Kilkenny as well below in Wexford Park. I mean, Wexford just have this knack of turning Kilkenny over at this stage. It's incredible. But I think we will get a better reflection of either team in the Leinster final, yeah. given the prize that's on offer, which safe passage through to an All-Ireland semi. And trust me, I think the losers do not want... To, I mean, like the lo- if you lose a provincial final now and you run into a Munster team, given how battle-hard they are, that's a much more difficult route. So that makes that carrot of uh, Leinster Championship much more appetising for both teams. And I think we will get a better appraisal at that stage. Yeah, look... I think we just hold our judgment on both of those teams until we see them in the provincial final, Shane, because Rory is right. I think the prize at stake for them, because to me, it seems there's been no major prize at stake for them, right, at all through this championship so far, through the round robin stages, because they both knew they were probably going to be in the provincial championship uh, final, completely different to Munster. So I think they're probably right to have held off and maybe we just wait and see with them. Yeah, I think, look, I think we have to see the real the real Galway, the real Kenny now in the Leinster final, because you said the prize that's on offer. Again, I go back to Limerick and Clare about the wanting and needing. I think Galway need to win this. I mm. think, you know, for Henry and his troops, I think they need to win this Leinster title. There needs to be a cup on the table with, you know, with the group that's there. And, and you know, especially with, you know, with Henry going in and getting involved, because look, the high expectations, the high standards he has himself personally as a player, what he's done as a manager with his club, and he'll want to bring that in. And he, he's a notorious winner, so... He'll want silverware. Like he needs something to, to kind of back up the work that they're doing up there. And um, so I think that's 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 where Galway just really really have to go at this. Kilkenny, I suppose, even we seen it yesterday. I suppose it's a different mentality. You know, I mean, they didn't have to get at Nova yesterday. Was that in Galway's mindset as well, Jackie? They didn't really mm. have to get at Nova. I think maybe it is a small bit, and maybe we'll see two different groups, two different groups, two two teams really going at it. Like, because we don't see it in the Leinster final, as Rory said. Whoever loses that Leinster final. And they're going to have to go through an, a, an extra week's hurling, really, really tough hurling, really tough game, whoever they're going to be playing against. Like, Whereas if you can just tick that box, relax, sit down in the couch, couch and get ready for an All-Ireland semi-final, you know, and let's be honest, you know, Leinster, they're coming into it, they will come into it with fresher. So if you can even go into an, an All-Ireland semi-final even a little bit more fresher, what an advantage it is to whoever you're going to be playing who have played the week before. So yeah. that's that's massive as well. I think I think the way Dublin finished is probably maybe a bit of a worry for Michal Donahue. That's while the performance is brilliant, Rory, I agree with you. From the fifty-fifth minute to the finish, Galway outscored Dublin with nine points to three, I have down here. So they'll probably look at that and say, Look, while it was brilliant for 50, 56 minutes, we need to start, we need to really finish out these games, lads. We really need to do it. Because every there was a lot of really positive things. And you know, it wasn't a draw until minute sixty-nine when uh, it was in in a Murphy nailed nailed that long range free, like so. Look, lots of positives for Dublin. They'll go into the Carlow game. They'll be 
they'll they'll take the, the the good things out of it and know that they that they that they can perform as well. So, but as you said, winner of the Leinster final, massive massive advantage for the All Ireland Championship afterwards. Yeah. yeah. Big time. What about Wexford then, Rory? Because like that's a performance. If you talk about Waterford pulling off performance like that, I'm not sure too many people thought Wexford might turn Kilkenny over yesterday either. No, but he would have given him a chance, Jackie. I mean, in fairness, looking at looking at their form and looking at the way Kilkenny have, and obviously Kilkenny would have had it in the back of their minds that we got turned over by him in Nolan Park 12 months before. So you would have imagined there would have been plenty of motivation at stake as well from a Kilkenny perspective. But what a game. What a game of hurling. I mean, has anybody found Pat Mulcahy from RT Ray? Has, <laughs> has, has anyone found Pat yet? I had to listen back to it. Oh, my God. <laughs> he handed back to Des at one stage, and Des's response was, you go and lay down no Pat. For, you know? <laughs> it's like, oh, I mean, nine-goal thriller had absolutely everything. I think we should have probably guessed. I think Tom Dempsey wrote a brilliant piece on social media in the yeah. week. It was like a battle cry, you know, to sort of a clarion call to get people to down to go down to Wexford Park and support the team. And for them to win that, I mean, for them and for them to preserve and rightly preserve their status, I think is absolutely massive. And like Wexford are such a proud Hurling County. I know all these sort of uh, claptrap platitudes don't really mean a huge amount, but it is still huge victory for them. And it was a huge victory for Dara Egan. You saw what it meant to him afterwards, because obviously there was the amount of criticism that they they took during the week about lacking stomach and lacking bottle and all these types of things. It was an in like the one thing, Jackie, and I do think it's an important point. There was so much happened uh, over the course of the weekend between Carlo Offaly, between in the Joe McDonough yesterday in the Leinster Hurling Championship, Munster Hurling Championship. I mean, like, is this really the calendar that people want? It's just a question. Look, we're not going to get into it now, but I have no clue how this is doing anything for a games promotion because there were so many different things to talk about and so many talking points. There's no way you could cover it all. There's no television station. There's no radio. There's no newspapers. It's bonkers. Like, it is beyond bonkers. But anyway, look, it's brilliant for Wexford. Delighted for them. Delighted for... Because there's some really great, genuine Hurling Wex Wexford Hurling people, and it's just fantastic that their Liam McCarthy Cup status is preserved in 24. Yeah, I'm glad for them. Can we finish off on that point then, Shane? Because I think Rory is right, and I said this to Don Logan Joe last night when we were scrambling around trying to squeeze all of the hurling in on the Sunday game. It is impossible to feel like you're doing all of them justice because there was just so many games this weekend. Two Leinster matches at the same time, two Munster matches at the same time with something on the line in all of them. An unbelievable Joe McDonough Cup final for the second year in a row. Mm. Just felt to me like... I don't know, do we need to have all of these games on at A, the same time, and B, on the same weekend again in May? Yeah, it's hard going, I suppose. As a as someone who's still playing with the club, I just think like that we're not asking for them to be pushed back too much. Like I mean, but I, I, I honestly do believe that maybe we should be only playing round two right now or maybe round three. You know, I, I just, I think it could easily get pushed back a few weeks and people will be saying, yeah, but the, what about the club player and all this? And, and as I said before, lads, Limerick and Kilkenny were in the All-Ireland final last year. Both their county finals got played in October. No yeah. no problem at all. I think I think it could get pushed back. I think we are trying to squeeze too much in. Look at all the drama. Like, it was great to see the Joe Mack final on, on, on telly and everything and everyone got to see it and everyone got to, like, say, 
if you didn't know who Paddy Boland was there hurling for Carlo, mm. now now there's young lads around the country snapping ball at training tonight or in the schoolyard today saying, Oh, Paddy Boland, what a catch. Yeah. And it's that's brilliant. Like, you know, mm. that's what it does for Carlo hurling because everyone knows who Aaron Gillan is, but now now everyone knows who Paddy Boland is after the weekend from, from what he was doing, along with all his teammates, you know, you know, Kavanaugh's and all these players, just top class performance ever. But I, I agree with Jackie. I think there was so much thrillers there at the weekend. It'd be like trying to go to the cinema and trying to watch four of the best films maybe of the year and trying to watch them all between 12 o'clock and 6 o'clock that evening and you're just so wrecked. Whereas if you could space them out over a few days and look, we can't, like in the Premier League, we can have these thrillers on a Tuesday night, Wednesday night because you know what, lads? There's none of them lads getting up to go to work the following yeah. day. Their job is that, if, if, you know. So we, we, we are condensing it. We are getting it all in. For me, I agree. I think... Not push it back too much, but definitely we could we could spread this out. We could push it back two, three weeks. We'd still be getting it all in, lads. We'd still have a fantastic club championship. And for people who are saying the club, and, and I'm a club player still, you'll still get it in, lads. You'll still get it in. You'll get it in, no problem. And at the end of the day, it's only two teams get to Mallard final. Yep. You know, the other 30 counties can, can work away and get their club rather than looking on and waiting for this thing to finish. So... And look, look where we were last year. Two teams got the final. They got their county finals done in October. So look, unbelievable stuff. Like we'd actually be here till one o'clock trying to talk about it all. But I think, as you said, as you said, Rory, there's a documentary somewhere. But I mm. don't think we, you're having a hope of getting in because I tell you what, lads, we 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 couldn't even get the Limerick team hardly two minutes before the throw in yesterday. So best of luck trying to get four or five Netflix cameras inside into the dressing room. Yeah. So look. The hurl, the hurl, and the gift keeps giving. And well done, the Leinster Championship stepped up over the weekend, provided the excitement. It, it was, it was a draw. I call it excitement. <laughs> yeah. They, 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 fi- they, fi- they finally got there, Shane. Yeah. So it's, we're looking forward to the rest. Of it now. <laughs> oh, lads, come here. We will leave it there, Shane. Thanks a million. Go and get a rest after all that brilliant weekend. Thanks a million for being with us. Okay, guys. Thanks a million. Right, let's chat football now then. Eamon Fitzmaurice and Lee Keegan are with us. And look, let's start with that one yesterday in Croker. Lee, you were there to watch Dublin Ross Common. A lot of talk about the dubs, maybe that they're not at full tilt. You've been up close and personal with them more than most over the years. What you make of them yesterday in the current breed and, and where they're going? It's a shame they wouldn't play like they did yesterday when we did. <laughs> um, we would have had more games with a W beside it than a loss. But um yeah, um, I suppose there was a lot of discussion around where Dublin are at at the moment. Um, I, I was kind of highlighting their inconsistencies throughout the year, um, trying to get back-to-back performances. And I know we've alluded to the challenges of not playing Division 1 teams. And it's a result of them getting relegated last year, obviously. So um, and they're back up in the league. But yesterday was was a strange one. Um, particularly the first half, they're very passive. And you take the last score in particular, where Kieran Murtha scored just before halftime. They had the ball for nearly five and a half, six minutes. I've never associated a Dublin team not getting contact like that before, um, which was very strange. Um, I mean, in, in their pomp, they were hands-on, aggressive, in your face. And I know once you barely had one second of the ball, never went six minutes on the ball. So I, I find that uh, quite a strange moment in the game, particularly. But on the flip side, I think you have to give Roscommon huge credit. They came with a high energy levels. Uh, I think we can all look at Dublin and say, right, inconsistent, poor, and we can we can lose that. And particularly the likes of Brian Fenton, Kenny, Paul Mannion, standard bears of Dublin, but very ineffective here, stay very quiet. And you take Brian Fenton's shot towards the end of the game when, when the game's in the middle pot, drop it short. So 
Yeah, that that's big areas they'll need to work on. But from a Roscommon perspective, you know, they're going well all year. Yesterday they brought it the game plan we associate them with, but they're very comfortable in the first half. Probably ran out a bit of puff in the second half and then kind of finished strong me. But uh give a huge credit to Kieran Murtha, my man the match yesterday. Uh, <laughs> uh I thought too late, too late. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thought he was fantastic, Jermart, they're really good. And I just think they got their game plan really well, looked really comfortable in the first half. And uh, yeah, huge credit, deserved the draw. Could have had the win late on, but um, I think a draw was a fair result in the context of the game. Yeah, you wonder though, Eamon, how many times do you catch the dubs off colour? Like, I mean, if you don't take the opportunity, you feel like maybe it is a bit of a miss for Davy Burke. Yeah, um, I, I would give Roscommon huge credit yesterday. And Jackie, to be honest, look, I think in fairness to them throughout the season since Davy Burke has come in, <clears throat> he's a very good backroom team himself, obviously. He's he's proving himself to be an able operator over and over again. He has Mark McHugh involved, Eddie Lohan, uh, Jerry, Jerry McGowan, who would have done a good bit of work with Claire before is involved as well. So they have a good bit of experience in the backroom team. And look, the more and more we see of it, the teams that have, especially the good teams that did well in the league, that have the couple of weeks to eye up an opposition. They're coming with a very specific plan that they've practiced and rehearsed and they're they're really ready to go. The Dubs would have had their eyes very much on the Leinster final, whereas since the draw has been made, Davy Burke has been getting ready for this game and getting Roscommon ready for this game. Um, so I, I, I would give them a huge amount of credit. They came with a very specific game plan. In many ways, they out-Dublined Dublin. They took it to a new level, that score that Lee mentioned there before halftime. You know, the Dubs, oftentimes you could have a good 25, 30 minutes against them and they put on a bit of a power play coming up to halftime and they bridged nearly an awful lot of the good work that you had done in the first half, whereas Roscommon just didn't allow them to do that yesterday and they frustrated the life out of them, frustrated the hill. Um, so you have to give them an awful lot of credit in it reminded me in ways of almost a kind of a Jose Mourinho approach to a, a game of football, as you know, that it a lot of it was based on frustrating Dublin with the way that they played and they, they deserve huge credit for that and with no mean skill and no mean athleticism. And again, another feature of Roscommon throughout the season that I've been very impressed with is there's clearly a serious spirit within the group because that game at the end when the Dubs went ahead, we've seen that a hundred times where Dublin come back, they somehow get it done. Whereas Roscommon wouldn't just go away and they could have even won it with that with that last shot at the end from, from Connor Cox. So I give them great credit. With the Dubs, look, as Lee said, we've been looking at them all season. There is that inconsistency there with them. I think looking at them, there's, there's two things that's kind of emerging. Number one, they seem to play to the level of the opposition. And the other thing that I think is becoming a pattern for them is they've won so much and they've seen it all. They almost need an angle. Um, so if we look at their big performances over the last 12 months, Kerry always brings it, bring it out of them anyway. Decided the Kerry jersey, the All-Ireland semi-final last year, did a huge performance. This season, their big performances, they played very well in the Leinster final against Laut. That was after Laut had put it up to them in the league. It's almost like that they need some kind of an angle. If they were to meet Roscommon again, I think we'd see a different Dublin. Yeah. So um, I, 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 it, I, I don't think it's a motivation thing. I just think that they, 
they they need something to get the juices flowing. And yesterday it was almost like they needed Roscommon's first half to get them going a bit in the second half. But um, yeah, they've they've worked to do. They're kind of a bit of an imponderable at the moment. That's kind of the best word to describe them, Lee. Because I still think there's people still saying they could win in All Ireland. You know, I just to me at the moment, I think they're so far off that. But yet it wouldn't surprise me. You know what I mean? I actually am wondering that still thinks they could win it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm honest. And like to Damon's point, I fully agree. And you just look at the I suppose comparison between Roscommon. Roscommon have played all division one teams up to now. Where Dublin only played one. So there is that kind of thing as well where maybe there is the boredom board, board factor where they're not, not getting that as the uh, said the juice flowing. It might take to a quarter final where they could get potentially a carry to get that going. Um, and that's just the group player they have. And I, and I even look at their stats from yesterday as well, and it's like that. Like the lot of wides caught up silly possession first half. They don't need three starting forwards that scored yesterday. Gorman Costo hit seven points. So that, that's the majority, that's nearly seven percent of their chances scored. So even from that perspective, they're not getting a return from some of their best players. Paul Mannion was was out of the game completely. Um Brian Howard was picking Kerlen. He he can see a two points on earlier. So guys that we associate been been their big players. And then I travelled the whole way to Dublin to not see Jack McCaffrey starting. I was in tears when I got to Oak Park and I heard he wasn't talking. So, but again, it's it's the reliance going back to the, the to the Mannions, the McCaffreys, the Cluxons. You know the guys that were meant to be associated like the Fentons, Kilkennys. These guys are not getting the best of themselves at the moment, and it could take a test like a Galway or a Kerry or a Mayo to really see where Dublin are at. But it could be too late if they're if they're going to be forming them in the manner they are. So um it's going to be interesting to see. Listen, I think the group stage is not going to tell us much more. Um slang will be there. And no disrespect to them. I just think Dublin will get over them and look to finish top. And then we'll see really from the quarterfinal what Dublin we're, we're really going to see progressing into the championship. But, but is there a chance that they may not finish top now? Would that does that draw maybe open up that group a little bit, Eamon, would you think? It does. It does. It'll probably come down to score difference. Difference, yeah. difference. Yeah, if if form continues. So, um, and the way Roscommon are going, you wouldn't you wouldn't back against them. You know, finishing on top and scoring difference. Mm. Yeah. At the moment, we, we, it, it's the most finely balanced group I've ever seen. It's it's all literally bang on. Like, they all so. have a point each. Yeah. 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 Well, look. What about some of the other groups then, uh, Eamon, You were watching Derry Monaghan. I know, like a lot of. Talk Shane McGuigan again, unbelievable performance for Derry. But again, the provincial championship looked like it took a bit out of them. Again, they were they just to me they didn't look like the Derry that we've seen earlier in the year for some reason. Yeah, look, the provincial championships there. Uh, we've been saying for a long time they're in life support. They're probably in a coma now when you start to look at. Um, <laughs> Like we'd say there was eight there was eight teams obviously in the provincial finals. There was two wins out of that since the since the All Ireland series has start have started. Galway and Armagh are the only two teams to have won. Um Louth, Clare, Kerry were all beaten, the dubs, uh Sligo and Derry all drew in their first game. So um you know it, it's a, it's another it's going to be probably another nail in, in the provincial championships. We it was mentioned at the start of this year. Would teams kind of use the provincial championships as a period, possibly to rest some of their key players? Teams didn't this year, but looking at the way the thing is playing out, they may next year because we are all in that kind of learning space yeah. at the moment. Um, so Derry definitely did look like that it had taken a bit out of them. 
but I again I would look at Monaghan and I would give them massive credit yeah. and that started straight away after that game in Oma because Vinnie Corey was interviewed straight after the game and I remember looking at him and I said yeah that's a very mature attitude he said straight away look we've no arguments Derry were outstanding tonight we've to go away and we've to learn from that there was no emotion there was no um you know getting carried away with it he was just very matter of fact we've to learn from that and they clearly did they they, their personnel changes starting Gary Moan, Shane Carey, Ryan McInespy all worked. McInespy in particular, I yeah. thought was ex. All of them were very good. They they learned sitting back inside the forty five suits. Derry they engaged them much further out. They were more physical. They weren't getting beaten in the one and ones the same way as they were the first day out. Their shooting from distance they had clearly worked on was excellent. They got some great scores. And I thought Rory Began's performance as well was was outstanding. The two, the two big frees that he kicked there, you know, there was great fan footage going around yesterday of his um his his forty five right out in the sideline on the right hand side. It was incredible, just an, an incredible kick, and in such a finely balanced game. And then again, you have to give Derry massive credit at the end and that high level experience they've built up over the last couple of seasons where they came back and they got the draw and could have even stolen it in the end so um, I give both teams a lot of credit but very very impressed with Monaghan and the way that they reacted to that defeat but again another team that had that window to focus on and to get ready for the All-Ireland series and now they're in a great position they're playing Clare at home next weekend and you you know the way that they're going now, you'd fancy them. I saw Vinnie Corey saying afterwards that they had to look at those two games together. So expect the likes of Connor McManus, Darren Hughes, um, who was yeah. the third who was the third one leader was left out? Jack McCarn. Jack McCarn. The the three of them will probably all start next weekend now, and they're going to be fresh. They're going to have a, a bit of a point to prove they'd feel themselves. So that spells danger for Clare. So uh, I think Vinnie Corey and his management team really managed it very well, and they deserve they deserve a lot of credit for that result. Eamon, do you think I, do you think Mane will have a regret not taking the result? Because I thought they were excellent as well. I have to give Vinnie Corey a huge like he, he, even to drop the likes of Conor Manis, one of his mainstay guys, Darren Hughes, Jack Carr, they are big calls. But I feel Mane might have a little bit of regret based on the performance of the weekend. Probably, Lee. Probably, but the only thing is, they 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 could have lost it in the end. Yeah. You know, they, like it took them getting that great Carl O'Connell point and like they were away from home. They they are playing the, Ul- the Ulster champions. So I, I think bridging the gap that they bridged yeah. point was a good result. But at the same time, 100%, they probably should have won it with the way they played. But again, I would give massive credit to Derry and they just, you know, that, that high level experience they've built up over the last 12 to 18 months, I think, stood to them there in the end. Yeah, look, a cracking game there. What about Loud Cork then, Rory, for your uh, sins as a Cork yeah. football fan? You've been watching this team over the day. It does seem to me that they are the big winners from this weekend because that was the one game of all of these that actually had real consequences for the winner of this one and for the loser. 
Yeah, and I do think, I think the Football Championship and the All-Ireland Series will really, really kick into gear this weekend coming. It's round two, it's moving weekend. You are going to see a kind of a knockout element to a much more, much more of a knockout element feel to the games themselves. Um, hurling, there's no hurling on, so they have the dance floor to themselves as well, which will give a big I'd focus. Be delighted with that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Even the even the Talchin Cup, like the only disappointment about Cork Kerry, really, I suppose, is the game is on at three o'clock on a Saturday afternoon. Now I know they have no choice in that because it's live at the marquee is on down in the same area that night. It is a pity, given that it's going up against Manchester United in an FA Cup final, and it will affect the attendance, I would imagine. And the fact that, look, on a Saturday afternoon, there's a lot of club games do happen in both Cork and Kerry. But I still expect a big crowd over the weekend. Look, I think Eamon wrote a fantastic piece about them on Saturday in advance of it, in that they needed to win. He also mentioned about confidence and about how much a win would bring confidence. And like, you have to bear in mind, Jackie, there were six points up. Mm -hmm. They went from six points up to throwing away a wobbler of a goal and all of a sudden find themselves a point down. Now, how many times in the, not in the past, recent past and the distant past have we seen Cork teams absolutely fold in that scenario away from home big obviously uh, home vocal support hardly anybody from Cork there as usual and um, they didn't you know they they stuck to the task they got a little bit of a return from a half forward line that I suppose I would have been critical of in the past I thought Rory Dean was absolutely outstanding and um, to eke out that sort of a victory speaks a little bit to the character of the group. And I think, as Eamon mentioned in his piece, confidence is a key thing with this Cork team. It's their first victory, I think, Eamon, since the middle of March in league or championship, obviously. And I think, look, it gives them a platform now to, I suppose, go in and have a swing at the All-Ireland Champions next week at home. And irregardless of what happens from here, barring a complete freak of nature result, should see them into knockout football irregardless. So I think it's been a good weekend from their point of view and it was a really significant game across last weekend in, a football, in, a, in football terms. Yeah, and I think they'll take huge confidence from it, even given the way that the league game went between the two counties. And as Rory said, they know now that they're safe. They're going through. They'll take enormous confidence from that. Yeah, like loads have to take three points now from Kerry and Mayo to get through because Cork Cork have them in the head On to the head. head to head. That if if Loud did happen to be Kerry or Mayo, which look is probably unlikely, but if that did happen, they still have to pick up a point somewhere else. So it was a huge win for Cork. And it is it like I mean they're gonna look they're gonna be looking this week now at what did Mayo do. And one of the things that Mayo did against Kerry and Killarney was that their strong running troubled Kerry. And that's that's Cork's DNA. That's their natural game. And that that's they're going to be looking at that and they're going to be, you know, they're going to be licking their lips and they're going to be saying it's a free shot for them. And they would love no, absolutely nothing more. And Rory would love nothing more <laughs> than for uh, uh, and you too, Jackie. All of you. Yeah, you're yeah, David, Rory'd have you on the pod Monday morning, Brian. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But you know have, what they I'll don't the want, on. though? What they don't want, though, Eamon, is a hiding either. Because if they go after them and they get that wrong and suddenly they get a hiding off Kerry, that is a setback, even if they are going through. It is, but I suppose the thing about it, Jackie, we don't know. We none of us kind of know. We don't know where Kerry are at. We don't yeah. know where Cork are at. We yeah. can't. We can't trust Cork. That was a great win for them this week. It's something they can build on. 
I I know so many of those Cork players. I know the qualities that Kevin Welch brings. I know a lot of the Cork management, the qualities that they bring. So for me, Cork should be doing a way better. I I and I'm sure they they feel that way themselves. So we we don't know where they're at. We we hundred percent don't know where Kerry at. You you'd expect a huge reaction from Kerry if they can react. And I think that's the question that. Uh, Kerry will have to answer next weekend. Have they that appetite and have they that energy to react to that defeat? You you know, the sight of a Cork jersey below in Parky Cueve, a winning Cork team should get them going. But, you know, as Rory said, it's really after this weekend, I think we'll know where teams are at in the context. Of, we'll have that context after this weekend. Mm. What do you think, Lee? How do you see that in terms of Cork? you know, welcoming the All-Ireland champions into their backyard, coming off a win like that. I suppose put yourself in their shoes and how they might be feeling about this weekend. I think it's a free shot. I mean, like, there's no reason why they can't just go in, throw the shackles off and go at Kerry. I mean, if I were a court player going in against Kerry, would you fear what you see against Mayo a couple of weeks ago? Absolutely not. Um, and Kerry, Kerry looked like a team, I said this before, like a team that were not prepped for Mayo at all two weeks ago. They look a team that were just kind of wrapped up and we're expecting Mayo just to play nice football. But Mayo, and I suppose that's the biggest question we always say because where Mayo at as well. We didn't, I didn't know where they're at, but I did injuries and, and playing challenge games. But they came full of energy and they, they were a team that were prepped. They were well ready for Kerry, what they're going to bring. And they just got their matchups right. So from, from a core perspective, if they get their matchups and they just throw the jackets off and go at Kerry, there's nothing to be afraid of. The, the big question though is if, if, Duke, if Kerry come out a different beast and, and the side of a Cork jersey, will that rile them up? Then you could see a bit of a spark in them. Uh, and the likes of Sean O'Shea, very quiet the last day. Potty was quiet. Tony Brosnan, these guys need a big performance now. Uh, and the side of a Cork jersey should ramp them up big time. Uh, but the likes of Brian Hurley, I, I even you probably see him at the weekend, Rory. He's playing some fantastic football. Picked eight points again. Um, looks really sharp. Kind of reinvigorated after all his injury worries over the years. And a guy that's carrying the captaincy very well at the moment for Cork. So he knows what's an offer himself as well. And he seems to really enjoy his football. So listen, Cork have nothing to fear. I, I do expect to carry reaction. Uh, and the, the fact that Jack Connor will not be happy with that performance week. So I expect him to play uh, rampant. Yeah, looking forward to it. Nice one in the park. I think there'll be a lot of people staying on after the marquee afterwards, Rory, and enjoying yeah, we, that. We'll he- I'll head up to the frames afterwards. I think the frames are on. <laughs> I was in the marquee on Saturday night at Vogue Williams and Joanne McNally, and I tell you what, the place is looking unbelievable. Yeah, so if people are a making it a, a double header, it'll be a bit of crack. Great, um, great deal. Let's round it off then on the last game of the weekend, Armagh Westmeath, because I do think, Eamon, if... You feel like Louth were the winners, or sorry, the losers of the weekend. I think Westmead might feel that way as well. Like they played absolutely brilliantly and still got nothing out of that game against an Armagh team who might feel themselves they were happy to get something out of it because, I don't know, that's an opportunity missed by a, a very, very good performing Westmead team. It was, and I, I, I have to say, as impressed as I was with Westmead last year, I thought because of the league that they had this year that they would find that step up hard but they were they were outstanding. They were really good. Um, during the league, they were very reliant on John Heslin to get nearly all of the, most of their scores. Whereas they did spread the scores the last day. Thus, Ronan O'Toole, you know the way he played last year, he was just absolutely brilliant in terms of the way that he plays, the intelligence he plays with, um, the impact he has on the game. He was he was he was really good. Um, you know Armagh. 
the the, the critical goal from Turbot was was the shot for a point. And um, in fairness, Andrew Mernon, he got a good hand in it, and Turbot gambled and got got off it and finished well. But Armagh afterwards, like Kieran McGinney, when he was interviewed afterwards, he used the word frustrated about ten times. They were frustrated with themselves. They were frustrated with the referee. They were, you know, you you could even feel the frustration of the crowd, their home supporters that are always very very positive. So uh, Westmead unlucky. Armagh be happy to have the the two points in the bag because that group is so tough. But. They're going to need to, to to react again now next weekend for for Tyrone and Oma, which is which is obviously a huge game for them now. Yeah, look, it's so, a different scenario facing into it with a win though, Lee, isn't it? Because if they'd have drawn or even lost that game, trying to go to Oma after that, I think Kieran McGinney might be frustrated, but he also might be a bit relieved that they got the victory. Oh, massively! I think that's a huge Ulster final hangover. Uh, particularly in the first half, they looked lethargic and um, energy levels low and, and probably same with Derry to a degree although Monon were very good um, I suppose you're not a bit provincial but I suppose the two teams invested so much time that also final two weeks ago in terms of how dramatic it was extra time penalties and to come down after that and particularly in Armagh's case when, when the game was there for them um, I'm sure that, that was hard to pick themselves up so they thought maybe this was the game to get themselves back up, but Westmead had different ideas. Um, and listen, they'll they'll be bitterly disappointed at that result of the weekend. Not even to get a draw would have been fantastic for Westmead. Um, like as Eamon Lucha, like I I watched the game. I thought Ronald was fantastic. Sam Duncan, John Heslin, uh, Rick and Ellen, brilliant in midfield. So, and I, I was kind of questioning where Westmead were this year as well. I, I thought maybe after last year they seemed to go backwards a little bit, and and were very happy just to get through the league and just kind of play into Sam McGuire, but but. That performance the weekend suggests that they're they're ready to move up a new level. But for Armagh, um, still question marks. Um, you know they're going to have to beat a big team at some stage, uh, and that's the question I always pose this year: is that when the game was there against Derry in the middle part, when there were two points up even in, in extra time, second half, how could they manage the game? And the fact that they haven't beaten an elite team yet, I think that's the question mark that hangs over them. And I think. The Tyrone game is going to pose big questions for them in terms of performance and where their where their heads are at. So, this I don't think they can play as bad in the last day. But the one thing I'll say about Armagh is they got the result. Uh, yeah. the performance, the result's the biggest thing for them, and it puts them in a brilliant position to to actually chop the group if they get a big big performance, a big result against Tyrone in two weeks. I hope it's not a repeat of what we see in the league a couple of years ago. I hope we have fifteen on the pitch by the end of it each side. But um. I do expect fireworks. Uh, it's going to be a cracking game, and it, it, it'll definitely set up the group stage perfectly after that game of the weekend. And I think, yeah. Jack, Jackie, and I think one thing as well, <clears throat> and I'd be interested in everybody's view, like every team seems to be flawed. I mean, there's no team that has not suffered some sort of landmark or marquee defeat, whether it was Galway losing the league final, whether it was Mayo being knocked out by Roscommon, whether it was Kerry losing last week or losing a couple of weeks ago, whether it was Dublin obviously drawn at the weekend after a stuttery enough Leinster campaign. You know, we've seen Derry obviously draw again at the so like every team seems to have a little flaw and there's chinks in the armor. And I think what we're seeing now for the next couple of weeks, in fairness to this new format, we are seeing the best teams all playing against each other. The results have been competitive and it ha- it is making for uh, it will make for a really interesting um knockout phase I'd imagine and again like we should really start to see some really good quality football in arguably the most open All-Ireland Football Championship we've had probably going back maybe 13-14 years so I think it's like from here now it's something to get really excited about 
Yeah, I agree. I think you're dead right, actually, about them all being flawed. I guess the big question, Rory, is who's the least flawed? Yeah, you know? yeah, that's a good question. Well, it's, it's open. Like any any sixteen <clears throat> team will fancy their chances because because every team is flawed. The one thing I've learned is that the the gap, say, take the Mayo for example, the break seems to really re-energize them. Where you take those to find two weeks ago, they they look tired and injured mm-hmm. everyone so. I think the break for teams has, has probably helped in some cases. Um, where if you're coming back after a really tough game two weeks, so I think that's that's the, probably the flawed part because again we all know how competitive Ulster is, um, and the come down is always hard. So listen, there's no team perfect. So as I suppose as you said, alluded to guys, it's, it's after this weekend we'll get a bigger picture of where the top teams are and where they're going to progress and where they're going to where, how they're going to handle the pressure. Um, and I think it sets it up brilliantly. And and the one thing that we were all worried about was the dead rubbers, the hammerings. We haven't had that yet. Uh, and it's been brilliant to see we've had competitive games winning margins the, the, the biggest winning margin for any game has been five so far so we've had really competitive games and um, feck all goals I'll be able but that yeah. after the weekend so hopefully that that'll entice teams to be a bit more attacking but again I, I we're going to get some really really good games this weekend yeah I think we are and to be fair Eamon on your point where you know, even if after this weekend we get a sense of it, the winning of these groups is actually crucial on the rest that Lee is talking about. So this is where we're going to see who really wants to go for it, who wants to win these groups. This weekend is probably going to tell everything in that. It is, it is, absolutely. And that's the, you know, you do get the weekend off and the team that's coming in then has played three weekends. It will be playing their third weekend in the trust, which on top of the previous group games is is a lot in a short, a short period of time. The panel has been tested and everything else but I think look when we get to the end game eventually in the 30th of July we look back and some team will hit their stride in the next week or two and they'll just really go go, and they'll just they'll be unstoppable similar to the way Tyrone did it in, in two years ago where they just hit their 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 stride at the right time and they drove at it where, whereas you know as we said they're all flawed but for me so far the team of the big guns that can win it that have been most consistent have been Mayo in terms of their performance. Yeah, absolutely. There Lee were, didn't even he's, flinch there. He's, he's heaping the pressure on you there, Lee. Yeah. No, I'm not. I'm not heaping <laughs> any pressure on you. Uh, I, I'm I like, yeah. I think that Derry had the major hiccup against uh, uh, Dublin in the league final. And other than that, they've been very consistent throughout the year as well. In terms of performance and results. Mm. Uh, I think that Mayo, you know, obviously the, the kind of championship game, which has suited them, but uh, there, there, uh, there's no pressure, just facts. Or yeah. Yeah. No, the thing I, I learned, I suppose, Kevin is not afraid to rotate, is in terms of, you, you've seen a lot of young guys start against Kerry, and, and you're probably questioning what way Mayo are going for that game, but he trusts those young guys, and then when you see the likes of Pai Durkin, Stevie Cohen, Tommy Conroy, mainstay guys who have the bench and, and, and add to what they're already doing well. I, I do somewhat agree with him and that, that sets them up really nicely uh, in terms of how they're approaching uh, the championship. Uh, and in terms of the city, I, I wouldn't have Galway too far away either, Eamon. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Albeit I know we can't read too much in Tyrone game, but I still felt they, they were just had way too much for, for Tyrone, even when the game was kind of one point game, they look comfortable. And that's a sign of a team that's Happy to do the, the nuts and bolts, but they're also happy to do the, the kind of attractive football as well. So he's building a really deep squad of guys that are trusting their game plan, trusting who they're playing against. And they're a team that I, I, I'd be fearful of uh, coming down the stretch because they have that experience of last year as well. You're just trying to throw us off the scent of Mayo for Sam, aren't you? 
Absolutely. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> finals come around, Jackie. I have the boots polished, the white boots. I'm Absolutely. <laughs> oh, stop. Uh, look, lads, we'll leave it there. Thoroughly looking forward to another weekend. Lee, Eamon, thanks a million for being with us and enjoy the matches at the weekend. Thanks, guys.